Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 64 of the Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boak, and I am your host. Joining me once again in the studio, my co-host, our worship pastor, author of the Thanksgiving-themed musical entitled Much Ado About Stuffing, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Collins. Matt, how are you today, sir? Good, man. (laughs) It's good to see you. Also joining us in the studio, our lead pastor, Adam Bishop. Adam, how are you today, sir? So we're in the Thanksgiving time of the year. You told us last week. That is correct. So stuffing versus dressing. What's the the verdict on that? I think I use them interchangeably. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, They're different, though, aren't they? They they are, I'm sure. Anyone made out of corn? bread or something like that? I have no idea. I thought maybe it was the location of it (laughs) versus like, you know, put in the bird versus not. Does that have nothing to do with it? I I don't know. Vomit in a trash can. (laughs) I I guess some people do that, but yeah, there is something to it. Yeah. How it's Stuffed. Stuffing, uh, I, yeah. Where it's cooked. Yeah. I, stuffed. The I, I feel like stuffing has been stuffed right. in well, the bird. Yeah, Let's yeah, figure this yeah, out before yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah, someone will let us know so about literally that. Literally, it's just the placement of it. I I, I could it's be completely the wrong thing, on that. Just the, there may be a a lot of uh, Nanas right now that are not happy with me talking on this podcast well, saying that I don't know. So we'll let Nana let us know. demographic Of course we do. What are you talking about? I got to tell you, though, that is one item that has not caught up with the whole gluten-free Move. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's gluten no gluten free stuffing. I, yeah, I don't it, think it's, that that's it's terrible. Around. So yeah. I basically have to pass every year, you know, because <laughs> family members like it only has a little bit of gluten in it. I'm like, right, right, that's right. too yeah, much. Yeah, and yeah. So, one, uh, you know, I didn't choose much. this; it chose me. So don't take it the wrong <laughs> he, way. He didn't choose the non gluten life. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it like chose that. me. It that's what people ask me. So is an allergy or by choice? I'm like, people choose this. Yeah, why would you choose? Yeah, right. Anywho, so stuffing, casserole, all not casserole, dressing. Casseroles, yeah, all the good food, yeah, coming around the corner. Casseroles, just I can't. The whole concept just absolutely drives. I I don't like my food to touch, (laughs) so I eat. You're one of those guys. You got to have everything or or normal. Sorry, I I use section plates or bowls when I eat. And don't don't ask him to come to sit night. The whole notion of a casserole. Do they have? Do they have Disney characters on them? You're, you're, uh, no, okay. we no. Back in the day, we did have a lot of those, but okay. we've moved on since. Um, you got professional. They're not big enough for large portion sizes. That's I, the main I, problem. I did not know that this was this was a thing with you. I, yeah. I had so no the idea. whole okay. idea of a casserole, I, I just can't get. I can't get past. It. Okay. It's too much. It's too much for you. It's too okay. much. Yeah. Right. Let my food stay separate. Yeah. And I'm happy that way. Well, good deal. Very high maintenance in multiple areas of my life, Chad. <laughs> multiple areas. My my wife has the patience of Job. That's right. <laughs> Pretty much. That's awesome. Yeah. But Thanksgiving really. is coming up. Lots of lots <laughs> of good stuff around is. the corner. I'm excited for that. Lots mm-hmm. of good food coming. But uh, how was this past weekend for you guys? Yeah, Adam. Um, man, let me think about this past weekend. We had a special guest in town. Yeah. So we had a special guest in town. We hosted a candidate who uh, we're interviewing for our student pastor position. Correct. So um, depending on our uh, our debrief of the weekend, <laughs> we might have an update for you down yeah, the road. Yeah, yeah. But uh, all kidding aside, he and his wife drove in town. So that was fun. We appreciated them giving up some time. And so that kind of consumed my weekend. We yeah. did a lot of meals together, uh, um, kind of showed them around the community. Um, obviously, they were here at church on Sunday. And so uh, we did squeeze in some college football viewing on Saturday right. afternoon right. in the middle of all that. But yeah, that, that pretty much... Took up our weekend, but it was a good thing, and it was yeah. it was really enjoyable. And Morgan and I uh, definitely enjoyed the time. So that that was pretty much our weekend. Yeah, kind of went quickly. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, same. You know, obviously we we had some appointments uh, with with this individual and his wife as well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, really, like you said, man, some good college football going on. As an Auburn fan, I'm just my heart is full right now. I'm so happy. Wait, we'll come back to that. In yeah, a yeah, we'll, we, we'll we circle need back to talk around about that for a minute. But uh, but no, it was a good weekend, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll take a guess what I did. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I hung out. With yeah, you were. Uh, That's right. Yeah, and then I I did the. How uh, soon we forget? (laughs) Yeah, how quickly? Uh, ESL. I went to their Thanksgiving party. Oh, cool! How was that? It was really. Tell me about that. It's fun. I saw the East Auditorium set up. Yeah, yeah. and I saw some pictures on Facebook. Yeah, a lot of people there. Yeah, it was a lot of people. So so really good food, and uh, enjoyed that. So that's that was my weekend. That's That's really good. Yeah. All right. So you you want to circle back around to uh, to some (laughs) some football talk here? Yeah. I mean. Look, it's been a tough. It's been a tough ride. Yeah. You know, so Auburn fans, you know, I, I, I feel your pain. Anybody that's a fan of a team, you've gone through these seasons. Um, you beat Texas A&M. 
You know what? We did. By three points. <laughs> you ended a five-game losing streak. Yep. And um, Cadillac <clears throat> Williams has clearly breathed some life into the program. Yes. So uh, super happy for him, super happy for Auburn, super happy for you. So I think the question, and I, I've spent more time thinking about the Auburn search, coaching search than pretty much anything else that pertains sure. to this podcast. Okay. I'm just so intrigued by what they're going to do. Yeah. I saw a few things floating around on social media okay. from some Auburn fans that they're wanting Cadillac to get this job. Okay. So do you share this opinion? Not to put you so, on the spot. No, I thought about this. I thought about this a lot. Okay. I thought about this a lot. As of right now, no, okay. I don't think he, because I don't think he's got the experience. I'm not so much a fan of that now, and I do not think this is going to happen. Let me preface what I'm about to say with: I do not think this is going to happen. If he somehow finds a way to roll into Tuscaloosa and beat Nick Saban, I think he deserved. I said it wasn't going to happen. You're such an Auburn. He fan. deserves some consideration, <laughs> but Set no, I, I don't. Failure, I don't think he's the right guy to be the head coach. So, as an outsider looking in, who I think the world of Cadillac, and yeah, I, I, 100%. I want Auburn to do well. I want Alabama to do well. Like I'm, you know, I know the church I pastor. Sure, you know, like, I, I don't want to see people's teams. Well, we want a know. strong SEC. Yeah, yeah so. Um, I've, I've, I've been thinking about the Auburn job in light of we didn't talk about this yet we need to talk about this Okay. in light of the new playoff format uh, okay so I think that kicks in in 26. I may have my years off right. there. Gary Jones will correct me. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, He'll let Gary. Us know with appreciate. Comments. Yeah, he's That's our fun. fact checker, That's so right. we appreciate That's right. that. <clears throat> we need one. Of Once those. that new playoff kicks in, I think it's 12 teams, 16 yes. teams, yeah. more than four. Right. Auburn, more than any other program, is going to have an opportunity to justify being a playoff team with two losses every single year. Because they play Georgia and Alabama. It's an amazing job. Yeah. So once I realized, wait a second, okay. in light of the new playoff schedule, like you can still lose those two games. And I'm not saying Auburn goes into a season without expectation. Sure. <laughs> but realistically, when you know you've got these two big programs on your schedule every right. year, whereas in the past, that eliminates you from anything. Right. You could literally be the the – you could be one of the top two to three teams in America every year with two losses, and it won't keep you from winning a national championship. Right. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. an amazing opportunity. Which I would love it if those were the only two losses we had. So right now, my yeah, thing is, you know, Cadillac, he, he, it's, it's actually doing a disservice to the opportunity Auburn is if you give that to Cadillac full-time. I agree. Let Cadillac go coach somewhere else for the next five to ten years. Come back home. And, and lead the program in his 40s and 50s. But right, right now, you should literally you, – you, the first two phone calls you should make if you're Auburn are to Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. You you never should sell yourself short as a program. Okay. And, and what I'm now saying is Auburn – I mean, there's five to ten programs that can win the national championship every single year in America, and Auburn is clearly one of those programs. Hmm. So you've got to go after the best possible coach Period. Like right. you can't say what if or add some conditions. So you got to really see this the right way. I mean, where else are you going to be able to win like that moving forward? Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I just think. I mean, the more I've thought about it, like it is an amazing opportunity, uh, and I do right. think I think Hugh Freeze is the guy. I think that would be awesome. Um, I mean, again, the fact that Cadillac, I mean, he beat Jimbo Fisher, which I think is hilarious, by the way, to the tune of like $85 million, but still. I mean, you know, I don't know Jimbo Fisher personally. I don't know any of these people personally, but I've never seen someone make more of a career out of an amazing player than Jimbo. I mean, he had Jameis for one year, right? and he's kind of parlayed that in about $150 million. Uh So good for Jimbo. Congratulations. But other than that year, what has he really done? Right. And so, yeah, Texas A&M. And Texas A&M has always been, if you're a Texas A&M fan out there, I love you, but it's always been a little more hype than substance. Right. They've got all the materials (laughs) to have a winning program. They just got to put it all together. Auburn's proven they can put it together. Auburn's got, you know, pelts on the wall, so to speak. You've got championships in the very recent past. So anyway, I think Hugh Freeze, he's clearly he, he can win in the SEC and he's been he's beaten Nick Saban. And I heard something this weekend that made me kind of think about Lane Kiffin that someone said, Well, what if Lane Kiffin wants to one day replace Nick Saban in Alabama? He can't take the Auburn job. But I don't think life works that way. I think if you're given a great opportunity, you take it. Yeah. And Auburn is Easily a better opportunity than Ole Miss. Oh, hands down. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, I don't see Lane going. I'm gonna wait around for another eight to ten. I, I, yeah, so yeah. If they In go case after, Nick decides to leave. Yeah. yeah if they go I, got after, you. I mean, Lane would be a great hire, but um, I don't know if they're gonna do that because Lane is Lane. Right. I mean, he he he's 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 not. He's a very abrasive personality. Does, that he is. And yeah. um, Hugh Freeze is not that. Um, and Hugh Freeze. 
will work with the folks at Auburn. Yeah. Because he wants another shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So part of the job there is you got to know, like, you're going to get some input from other people, and you've got to welcome that and work. You got to work with others. You got to play right. in the sandbox well with Lane's going to play in the sandbox well with anybody. No, 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 no. You know, and yeah. so, and, and prime time, you know, I think prime would be amazing, but I don't know if he wants to let that be his first. Anyway, I, the more I've thought about it, I th- so I sent out some feelers up to Liberty. So, oh, you know, did you? Yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to get some uh, con- get some feedback. Get, from pe- I'll call. I'll be like, hey, man. So you can't give away my sources. <laughs> oh, so, uh, I'm so kidding. We'll, 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 we'll take that out. We'll delete yeah, yeah. that from the podcast. No. <laughs> so, yeah, what's the word up there? And um, it, it, I'm not getting a lot of response. So okay. I don't I don't read into that what you will. I was hoping that's – well, we saw someone with Auburn clothes, like, ringing his doorbell, you know, the other day. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll see. But anyway, I've been thinking a lot about the Auburn job. Okay. I'm happy you won. I'm happy I for Cadillac. Well. Yeah. Um, but I still think, man, you got to go with the best coach in America because this program is not far away from really being elite again. Yeah, so I agree. As, with if that. you're an Auburn fan out there, you know, keep 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 hope right yeah. now because I think that I think really good things are ahead. Yeah. And it really shows you the importance of leadership, doesn't it? It does. Uh, it's just insane to see the, the difference fit. in that program. Yeah, and fit. and fit. That's right. So I don't think that Harson's necessarily a bad leader. But a lot of leadership is the context you lead in. Correct. And so the context he was leading in wasn't the right fit. Right. And so, so much of leadership is also where are you leading? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what are the conditions there? And what are the expectations yeah. there? What are the set of circumstances there? And coaching to me is such an amazing leadership study because in coaching, whether you're like, like these, these coaches, Nick Saban, you know, whether it's at Michigan State, LSU, Miami Dolphins, Alabama, he's still coaching football. Right. He just gets paid a lot more now to coach. He used to coach. So sometimes the conditions that you're in and the circumstances you're in can can contribute greatly to your success or mm. be a, a cause that you don't succeed as much. So when Saban's at Miami, Dolphins, goes to NFL, they're trying to sign a free agent quarterback. There's two free agent quarterbacks on the market. Both of them have health concerns, and the Dolphins are trying to decide, do we sign Dante Culpepper or Drew Brees? Mm-hmm. And they signed Dante yep. Culpepper. Whoops. Well, what if they signed Drew Brees? Yeah. Well, he's Sean Payton. So it's just sometimes circumstances, you know what I'm saying? So I don't think that Harson's necessarily a bad coach. I just don't think it was the right fit for Auburn. I agree with that. So Auburn needs to find someone who's an elite coach who's also the right fit for Auburn, and they'll do just fine. And I think it is a good study in leadership, which is why we talk about on this podcast. That's right. It's more than just football. There's lots of lessons in there. That's right. Well, I guess we need to move on to uh, our worship songs for we the do. week, right? That's yeah. right. We're talking so, about our worship yeah, songs. Yeah, so absolutely. So, Adam, I guess we'll, we'll Matt go Matt talked way too yeah. much. Oh, okay. Let's right. hear from Matt. We'll, we'll start with Matt. We'll start with, okay. So I'm going to do uh, Jesus Paid It All. That was okay. mine. We did it yesterday. Yeah. Um, I, that has been a really good hymn. I do like the the added bridge. Um, so I'm Was that Christian Stanfield that added that? I, I think so. I think so. I think so. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. That, he did that while he was at uh, North Point, I think. And Cobb County boy. That's yeah. really good. We both grew yeah. up in Cobb yeah. County. Yeah, yeah. so I, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I've got I got two uh, for this week. Oh. And, you got uh, extra credit? Oh. Well, both by the same artist. So um, one of my favorite <clears throat> songs, uh, Sometimes by Step by Rich Mullins. And uh, everybody knows the chorus. You know, oh God, you are my God, and mm-hmm. I will ever praise you, seek you in the morning, you know, all that one. Yeah. Uh, but it's actually got verses, which I had not heard the verses until I was in like college. And uh, it was one of the first, I will say, contemporary Christian songs that I heard that felt very honest, you know, mm-hmm. in, in in worship. Like, sometimes life is really tough, but God, you're still good. I'm going to trust you anyway. And the reason I say I've got two is you can't say Rich Mullins without mentioning Awesome God. Mm-hmm. The uh, the impact that that song has had, how popular it was. Mm-hmm. There's a great story about Rich Mullins. I think he was in Africa, and he was in an airport. And there was this little group of uh, kids singing Awesome God. And he walked over to him and was like, hey, you know, that's a great song. Do you know who wrote it? And they're like, no. And he's like, all right, cool, you know. So that was kind of his legacy with that. And uh, just just some great songs by uh, by Rich, who I always yeah. really enjoyed his music. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad you brought up Rich Mullins. So we talked about our weekend earlier. I forgot. We drove up to the game Friday night. So okay. the P- Pycrate Patriots, unfortunately, season ended Friday night against Homewood up near Birmingham. Yep. The Patriots played the Patriots. The bands performed together before the game. Oh, really? Phenomenal. That's awesome. Phenomenal. So that was really fun. And and they played a good game. Our team played a good game. Nothing to he- hang their heads. 24-21 yeah. loss. Mm-hmm. This quarterback for the other team, Woods Ray is his name. Yeah. Remember yeah. that name? In fact, Auburn's coach should go after him first and <laughs> right. say, hey, come be our quarterback yeah. next year. Fantastic high school football player. Yeah. Um, I think they might win the state championship just, just from his play. But the Rich Mullins reminded me driving up there, I had Sam and Jacob with me. 
And um, I said, okay, we got to do this because I don't know if y'all have ever heard them straight through. So we're going to listen start to finish without stopping it. The first six songs of A Liturgy of Legacy, Ragamuffin Band by okay. Rich Mullins. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I think it's the best first six on any album that's ever been released in Christian music. So we listened to it straight through. And if you listen to it straight through, like you really do kind of go, oh my goodness. Yeah. And yeah. my thing is, who's making music like that today no, in Christian music? Yep, nobody. Not. Nobody. Yep. And so we talked a lot about Rich Mullins on the way up there. And so that's great, great call there for you to mm-hmm. bring up a Rich Mullins song. My uh, song for this week is a little more recent song. Um, it's called um, uh, it's called Highlands Song of Ascent yeah. by Hillsong yeah. United. And um, it's on their people, mm-hmm. 2019, I think that's when they came out. So it's not a song we can sing in church because there's a lot of different yeah. verses. But the chorus of it is <laughs> really, really good. Too many. Um, Just do he the says, first, second, and fourth one. So yeah. th- I right. really like this because I think he captures a lot of stuff here. I'll praise you on the mountain. I'll praise you when the mountain's in my way. So we talk a lot about that. Yeah. You know, you can praise God regardless of what's going on. But this is where it gets interesting. Because you're the summit where my feet are, so I will praise you in the valleys all the same. So when I, when I first heard that line, I was like, oh, back, back that up a second. What did he mm-hmm. just say there? He said, you're the summit where my feet are, so I'll praise you in the valley all the same. Mm-hmm. So for years in teaching, I've tried to distinguish the difference between our standing in heaven and our state on earth. Mm-hmm. So our standing in heaven is secure. Our standing in heaven doesn't fluctuate. Our standing in heaven has no ups and downs. Right. Our standing in heaven is tied once and for all to who we are in Christ. Right. Our state on earth, however, fluctuates quite right. a bit. That's right. yeah. And those two lines to me capture that perfectly. Mm-hmm. So you're the summit where my feet are, but I'll praise you in the valley all the same. Mm-hmm. So my standing is up here. Mm-hmm. The state of my life has me in this valley. Right. And so I think he captures this really good theological truth there. And then he says, no less God in the shadows, no less faithful when the night leads me astray. You're the heaven where my heart is. Again, so I'm up here, standing is secure, yeah. and the highlands and the heartache all the same. So any kind of song can capture this. Okay, I'm dealing with the ups and downs of life, but I have the security and the stability of a relationship with you, mm-hmm. and those don't affect that. Right. That's a good song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is a song I've come back to a lot over the years mm-hmm. when I've been like, there's a mountain in my way, or I feel like I'm in a valley. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's what I'm seeing in front of me, but what's actually true? What's yeah. actually true is you're the summit where my feet are. What's yeah. actually true is this is where I am with God right now, mm-hmm. even though experientially I'm walking through this valley. Yeah. And you don't see a lot of... Um, of artists catch catch that theological principle in a song, yeah. and so I feel like that song is oh, a good oh, job. Oh, Joel, will definitely. Joel. Yeah, I mean, no, great, really great good. writer. So fantastic song. Um, highly recommend it, and it's even better if you're looking at a mountain when you listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> really, kind of makes it come alive. Yeah, that's, that's good. Well, we did continue our series on worship this past yeah. week. Uh, <clears throat> then sings my soul. This is what, mm-hmm. what week four, I yeah, believe we already. were in. Yeah, so we got one more week on that. But uh, before we get to week five, I want to talk about week four. So we we kind of said that the big idea behind the message from this past Sunday is that worship is sacrifice. And you even said that like the first place in the Bible that worship is mentioned is as a sacrifice. And I know we've talked about this a little bit, but I really, um, I want to unpack this idea of worship as sacrifice a little bit more. Why does God want it to cost us something to worship him? Well, I don't know if it's necessarily costing us something as much as it's costing something something. Okay. <laughs> so what I mean by that is God is holy. God is righteous. God is not like us. God is very other than us. And so there's no way that we ever can approach God. Okay. There's no way that we can enter into his presence um, because we are marred by sin. Right. So when you study the Old Testament and you see these blood sacrifices as a sacrifice for sin, you know, we see from Hebrews that the reason why the blood has to be shed is because the life is actually found in the blood. And so there is a sacrifice that's called upon to begin to even take a step towards God. Now, we understand from the book of Hebrews that even those animal sacrifices were not sufficient. They were temporary in nature, and they were only there to cover momentarily, not permanently. So when we begin to recognize, I can't take a step towards God without some type of shedding of blood that takes place, now we understand the idea of a sacrifice. So I got to bring God a sacrifice. So now we understand, because of what Jesus did, willingly sacrificing himself, that that's taken care of. Mm -hmm. We no longer have to offer a blood sacrifice because Jesus' blood sacrifice covered all sin for all time. But we still bring sacrifice to praise. We still bring things to God because 
this is how we worship him. Okay. You know, that he is our king. You know, we we are his people. We adore him. We love him. We, you know, one day you'll receive crowns in heaven and lay them at the feet of Jesus. You know, this is what it looks like to worship. And so um, anytime you're worshiping, it's going to it's going to ask something of you. It's going to require something of you because remember back from week one, it's first and foremost a response. Mm-hmm. There's something else that's driving this in me, and God created us that way. Right. There, yeah. It's in us to respond to something and offer up our worship because of how God created us. That's right. good. So you said that our life um, is a sacrifice. Um, so I get that idea You know that we owe God everything for what Jesus did. But what does that look like in our day-to-day life? What does that practically look like for us to to put that into practice? Well, let me back up because I'm not trying to correct you in what yeah. you said there, but I do want to unpack that. I don't think we owe God anything for what Jesus did. Okay. So this isn't, um, okay, so God did this for me. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to do this for him. Oh. That That's not yeah. at all yeah. what we're talking about there. So worship um, and spirit and truth is an overflow of our heart from mm-hmm. gratitude. So there's nothing I can ever do to equal those scales back out. Yeah. It's not God did all this for me. Now I got to make sure I do this for him. Yep. But there are a lot of Christians that approach mm-hmm. Christian the Christian life that way. The problem yeah. is when you're not doing well, now you really begin to beat yourself right. up. Yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. this is all done yeah. out of gratitude. It's done out of joy. Um, this this whole idea that, that I am a living sacrifice. And the way I look at it is, you know, my, my life costs something. Mm-hmm. You know, my life was purchased on the cross of Jesus Christ. And um, my life was purchased. It's no longer my own. Mm-hmm. I belong to God. He, Jesus isn't just my Savior. He's also my Lord. Yeah. And, and the only reason he has me here is to use me. Right. This is in my home. Mm-hmm. And in light of eternity, I'm not going to really be here that long. Yeah. So the best way to have joy in this life is to allow myself to be used by him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a living sacrifice. Now, are we going to get that wrong? No. I mean, the good thing in the Old Testament is the sacrifice was dead. Living sacrifices walk off the altar. <laughs> so, you know, they, they don't stay put. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. you know, we're trying to be a living sacrifice. Yeah. We're not going to get it right. You yeah. know, we're, we're not talking about perfection here. But it is this idea that, okay, you still have mm-hmm. me here. You want to use me. I, the only way my life is going to have purpose right now is if I allow that to happen. I cooperate yeah. with that. I access the power of the Holy Spirit. A lot of things we talk about yep. you know, in here on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And as I do that, I want the purpose of my life to not be whatever I think it should be. I want it to be what God says it should be. Mm-hmm. And as I cooperate with that, my life can become a living sacrifice. Yeah. And that's true for anybody. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a minister. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be married. You, know, you don't have to be an adult. <laughs> right. Anybody can make that decision. Lord, I want to be used by you. I want to be yeah. a living sacrifice. I want to let you. I'm going to hand you a sheet of paper and a pen. Fill in the details. Mm-hmm. I don't have this great plan for my life. God, what's your plan for my life? Right. You know, and I, I want. To, it's not about my agenda. It's not about my purposes. All of those things matter when it comes to being a living sacrifice. And if you are willing to let God use you, I mean, we see it all the time. God uses people all the time mm-hmm. to do unbelievable things. God uses people all the time to do very ordinary things that are actually are extraordinary things. Mm-hmm. But it matters with kind of what our desires are. You know, yeah. Do you want your life to be about you or do you want your life to be about God? Yeah. That's good. So uh, I really liked uh, when we talked about in First Chronicles when the Israelites were building the temple on Sunday. And uh, one of the things that you mentioned in that story is that uh, David gave of his personal treasure towards the giving of that. Why was that so significant? Well, the temple doesn't get built without it. Okay. So we'll get real practical. <laughs> well, that, that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we'll talk well, about our initiatives here in a second, but if we don't reach the goal, we don't do the initiatives. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes we don't like the pragmatic side of reality, but the right. pragmatic side of reality is if David doesn't give from his personal wealth, there's not enough there to build the temple. Interesting. Um, David, for all of his flaws, and there are many, okay, David is not a perfect dude by any stretch of the imagination. David's the only guy that gets called a man after God's own heart. So the things that really matter, David got. David never, he he never um, wandered off the path, so to speak, when it came to his worship. Mm -hmm. David's heart was always aligned with God. You study in the Old Testament, it's like, wait a second, I thought he was in our team. Why is he worshiping an idol? Why is he visiting with a witch? I mean, David, none of that. So David's heart was always aligned with God. And David understood the principle that Jesus gave in the Sermon on the Mount, that where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Mm -hmm. So David's treasure is going to go towards God because David's heart's going towards God. So the treasure's leading the heart and the heart's leading the treasure. And they all, at some point, they're eventually one. Right. The other thing I think David knew, because he was a man after God's own heart, is I don't get to take it with me. 
Yeah. You know, I got all this wealth. You know, the wealth is here to serve God's purposes. So let's talk about wealth for a second. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Wealth management principles on the other six podcasts. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> so wealth gets a bad rap. Wealth gets a bad rap in society and in culture that, you know, all of those people who have all of that money that only think about themselves, and then there's all of us that are over here struggling. And if all those people with all that wealth cared more about all of us, the world would be a better place. That's a lie. Hmm. Okay? Hmm. So statistically speaking, people who are wealthy by whatever standards you want to use are also the most generous. Mm -hmm. They are doing that. And they're doing that with churches and universities and hospitals and organizations, and they're making a huge difference. The most generous people I've known in my lifetime were also the wealthiest. I'm Mm. not saying there's always a correlation between that, but this CEO picture of a guy who, you know, he got that, uh, what do they call it, parachute deal or balloon deal or some kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and he's he's just living out in Malibu and it's all about himself. Like that that is a small 1%, you know, caricature. That, that wealth is just wealth. Whose hands is, is, is the wealth in? Mm. Who's going to steward the wealth? Mm. So I'm a big fan of God's people accumulating financial resources the right way in a way where they can steward those financial resources for kingdom purposes. Mm. Because there are a lot of people out there accumulating wealth who are not stewarding them for kingdom purposes. Mm. Okay, So David a lot of wealth. What's he doing with that? He's stewarding it for kingdom purposes. He sees the point of the wealth isn't the wealth. The point of the wealth is what the wealth can accomplish. Right. So if you're out right. there and God's allowed you to earn a lot of money, praise God. Understand that now what he's he's saying is how are you going to steward that? What are you going to use that for? Is it going to be for you or is it going to be for my purposes? And if you're out there and you're thinking, I wish that were me. Like, I want to be in that category. How do I get in that category? Well, begin to steward what you have now. That's right. Mm-hmm. You're not going to steward $10 million well if you don't steward a hundred dollars well it doesn't work that way that's right right. so if you can't steward a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks you're not going to steward a hundred thousand or a million or a hundred million right so steward well what you have now if god can trust you with a little demonstrate to him that you can be trusted with more you can Mm. be trusted with much and so david got that and Mm -hmm. i love how he goes first i love how he's super open about it and clearly there's a dynamic there where he's the king and so there's that but he basically says who now will consecrate themselves to the lord Mm. so it's an interesting dynamic because what he's now doing is he's not just allowing these folks to be part of the pragmatic solution. Hey, part of what you give will now actually go to building this temple. Yeah. Now, they didn't engrave their names in the bricks like some universities <laughs> do or anything like that. But for the rest of their life, they knew they were part of that. Yeah. Right. But then there's also the spiritual dynamic where he's giving them the opportunity to give out of gratitude from their heart yeah. as an act of worship. So David probably could have done a telethon and raised the money another way. But what he did was he allowed God's people to be a part of it. Right. And then what happens for God's people? They get the benefit of both. They get the benefit of seeing tangibly. Mm-hmm. I helped make that happen. Right. And they get the benefit relationally with the Lord from a heart component of giving cheerfully. And I love that the passage points that out, that they right. gave willingly. Yeah. They gave right. cheerfully. And not everybody gave the same, mm-hmm. but everybody who gave got to be a part of that. And that really is why we challenge people to give today. Yeah. We challenge people to give today because, sure, you can see where the money goes and you can see what it's used for. You sure. can see the purposes that it's accomplished. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good thing. But even bigger than that, it's, it's a heart thing. That it's not so much what you're giving to as where you're giving from. And when right. you give cheerfully and you give willingly from your heart, it grows your relationship with God. So if you're not doing that, you're missing out on an opportunity to grow in your faith. Yeah, it's really an opportunity that God is giving us to right. grow our faith, to grow closer to him, and to be a part of the blessing. It's yeah. not out of need. Right. God doesn't need exactly. our money. He owns yeah. everything. But when we participate in this, we're the ones that actually benefit from yeah, it. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Well, we rolled out our Christmas offering yesterday, yeah. which is really, I'm, I'm really I'm excited about, about yeah, that. I love it. Um, but, you know, for those that don't know, um, let's, let's kind of talk about why we do a Christmas offering each year. Well, it's an opportunity for us to challenge ourselves to sacrificially give. Mm-hmm. So uh, we believe that we should give um, out of obedience. Yeah. I think that matters. But really, giving out of obedience is not necessarily giving. So when you study God's Word, and I'll just kind of unpack what I believe the Bible teaches, and someone may not see it this way, and that's okay, um, but I'm going to tell you what I believe, and I'm going to tell you what our church teaches, that yeah. there, there's this principle of the tithe in the mm-hmm. Old Testament that's actually put into practice in different ways in the New Testament. It's mm-hmm. taught in both yeah. the Old and New Testament, and the tithe is where you return to God the first 
tenth, the first ti- the first ten percent. Mm-hmm. So it's not just ten percent; it's the first ten percent. Mm-hmm. It's not like I have a hundred bucks, and if I take care of everything else, and I still have ten bucks left, woohoo! Now I get to tithe. The, <laughs> right. the tithe is I'm going to return to God yeah. ten dollars, and then by faith live off of the other ninety right. bucks. So I'm returning it. Yeah, I ain't giving God anything. God says, you're robbing me if you don't return the tithe. Mm-hmm. If you don't like that, take it up with the God's word. It's in there. Okay? <laughs> right, right. God says, yeah. why are you robbing me? They yeah. say, we're not robbing you, God. He goes, you are robbing me because you are not returning the tithe yeah. to me. The principle of first and best is all throughout Scripture. We mm-hmm. talked about this with Jericho. Yeah. Yep. So return yep. to God the tithe. We believe that the expression that that takes place in the New Testament is through the local church. So you return the tithe to God through your local church. When somebody tithes, they're not tithing to Von Force Church. They're tithing to God through Von Force Church. Right. Right. If you're a part of a church that you don't feel like you can do that in a trustworthy way, that is the Holy Spirit's way of telling you, find a new church. Yeah. Because yeah. you're missing out on an opportunity to first and yeah. foremost be obedient. Yeah. So until you're returning the tithe, the full tithe, 10%, to God, you're not being obedient. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't like that, again, you take that up with the Bible. Right. So that's why Getting I like right this it. podcast. So, uh, you know, I can't see your reaction as you're listening to me. If I'm <laughs> preaching this from the stage, I can see your reaction, okay? Um, so you return the tithe. Now, what are you going to do with the other 90%? Just the fact that I asked that question, we should stop and th- reflect upon that for a okay. second, okay. okay? So God purchased me. We just talked about that. Mm-hmm. I don't think my life is my own. Uh, Jesus purchased it on the cross. Um, money matters. I mean, I kind of need it, and you kind of need it, and mm-hmm. um, you know, Zig Ziglar, Zig Ziglar was right. It's yeah. not everything, but it's right up there with oxygen. I mean, we, we kind of have to have money. Right. Yeah. And so God says, return the first 10%. Here's 90%. Well, that seems a little low. I mean, he is the creator of everything, and he did purchase my salvation. It seems like he'd have ticked that up a little bit, right. you know, at least 25 <laughs> to 30%. But right. no, he says, no, 90 So what are you now going to do, Adam and Morgan, with the remaining 90%? You know, is it just going to be how much of this you can consume with fun things, right. you know, with awesome stuff and, you know, the, the latest this and the latest that and the yeah. newest this, the newest that? Or is it going to be, yeah, I also recognize that I need to steward this 90% well as well. Mm. So what I give from that 90% is actually giving. Mm. We're not talking about giving until yeah. we're talking about what you're giving from the remaining 90%. Right. 10% is obedience. 90% when I choose, okay, I'm going to give whether it's a percentage or whether it's an amount from that. I am now cheerfully and willingly giving. Mm-hmm. So here's what I've learned. Unless we systematize that, we won't do that. <laughs> we won't do that, okay? Yeah. Unless we say, hey, let's go to church every Sunday. Y'all think we'd all say, you know what? I bet once a week we should all show up at church on Sunday. No. <laughs> it's like we do it and we <laughs> right. challenge you to be here. Right. Yeah. You know, to be able to go to a group, you know? Yeah. Well, unless we put on the calendar, you're not going to yeah. go. Right. So how are we going to systematize as a church this important component of discipleship, mm-hmm. Christmas offering? It's yep. not the only way to do it, but it's the way that we yeah. do it. Right. So once a year, we take about six to eight weeks. We prayerfully consider what number God would have us to land on. We challenge our entire church. And then here's the key. It's not about equal giving. It's about equal sacrifice. That's right. Yeah. Everybody can yep. give something. Not everybody can give the same thing, but we want all of God's people to be in the game. We don't want a bunch of people in the stands cheering on Cadillac Williams and the team. We want everybody playing in the game. That's right. So we want everybody to give sacrificially. Right. Why? The same reason David asked them to give. There will be the pragmatic side. You'll see what happens in 2023 with the money, but there will also be the heart connection that happens with God. And so that's why we do it. It's it's a systematized uh, part of our disciple-making strategy. We see this as just as much a part of disciple-making as we do when we talk about our prayer life. We talk about worship. We talk about sharing our faith. We talk about Bible study. This is a big component of what it means to grow in your spiritual maturity as yeah. a disciple. Yeah. yeah, that's good. All right, so the $200,000 question. Let's unpack <laughs> what this year's Christmas offering is all about, because I know we've got some different initiatives, some really exciting stuff. Can we kind of go through that? Yeah, so it's now is the time. Um, last year it was Be a Light. Two years ago it was Moving Forward. And yep. so I, I think the 2023, now is the time. I think God wants us to be his people, do the work. I think there's a lot of things in front of us. And so we're prayerfully, and, and just, you know, we we've been discussing these since July, right. you know, yeah. um, praying through these since July. It wasn't like I just wrote these last week. You know, this has been in a lot of different meetings and conversations. And um, mm-hmm. so there was, you know, not, it, I bring them to y'all. I bring them to our governance board, but there's a collective process where we kind of land on right. these and, right. and, you know, figure yeah. that out. And 
um, well, what about this? Or, you know, what yeah, about that? Refine so, a little bit. Yeah, refine. That's what I'm looking for. So we've got five. I guess we'll just walk through them. Sure. That'd be great. Um, the yep. first one is we're going to launch a special needs ministry. Um, we already have some families in our church that we do minister to. Yeah. Uh, but I think that we can do this on a larger scale in our community. Mm-hmm. And that requires space. We have mm-hmm. it. Um, it requires resources, though to purchase what's needed in that space. Right. And so that's a lot of what the money will be going to. I already received an email from a member of our church who has an expertise in this area, and yeah. she's offering to help. And oh, that's I know our kids' ministry yeah. team was actually um, at someone else's office this morning already. Yeah. You know, so th- there's a lot of things that are already moving with that's that. Right. That's so um, cool. And so that's going to hopefully be up and running by the end of January, early February. Yeah. And we still got a few details to work out on. Is that going to happen at 930? Is that going to happen at 11? So we'll, yeah, we'll figure all we'll that out. We'll get all out. that figured out. Yeah, but yeah. Um, we just wanted to, to launch that and begin to reach some families in our community that quite simply wonder if there's a place for them. Yeah. yeah. That's if there's so a place for them, how do they belong as a part of a part of a spiritual family? And so yeah. we want to make sure they know um, you belong here. Yeah. And so we're going to do everything we can um, to make that happen. This new ministry. Yeah. I mean, I have seen the working with next generations, you know, the, the need for the special needs ministry, it is so huge. And, you know, we were, we were talking in our next generation team meeting and, mm-hmm. you know, we, we had someone come in and kind of talk to us a little bit about this. And they said, just so you know, if you guys launch this, you're going to have a lot of folks yeah. that, that come here. And I was like, well, don't threaten me with a good time because yeah. I'll have one. I mean, you know, no, but the, the, the opportunity there to serve these families is, is huge and mm-hmm. it's really, really exciting. So I'm so grateful that we get to have that as a part of our, yeah. you know, special Christmas offering this year. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of you listening who are going to be serving in this That's ministry. Right. Yeah, area. Right. So we're going to have some training available during the month of January yep. and kind of get that going. So super fired about, about that. that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So the second initiative is uh, we're going to upgrade some of our preschool rooms, just kind of some yeah. just real practical things that need yeah. to happen, um, but then expand our fourth and fifth grade life group rooms. And I talked about in the message yesterday, uh, we're trying to create the the right environment for them to have life-changing conversations that mm-hmm. shape their biblical worldview. Right. It's difficult to do when there's too many of them in a room. That's right. Yeah. I mean, just as recently as this past Sunday, like I already heard again, like the fourth and fifth grade boys, yeah. you know, so <laughs> it's, a, it's a challenge. Yeah. And um, we need um, more space yeah. for them there's to be able to- There's a lot of them in there, yeah. To talk. And, but, but, you know, wh- why? Because what they're talking about really matters. Right. Right. Yeah. And the questions are asking- you know, we need to have a, a, a way where they can talk these things out. Right. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a dad of three boys, and so I understand there are times with a, with a boy, you just have to be like, you know, hey, why don't you go just hang out over there for a minute, kind of get it together, and then come back here and join the group. Right. Yeah. Right. We're, we, we understand that, that they're the boys, right. you know, so the discussions with girls sometimes go a little easier. <laughs> but um, we just need more space. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And big picture, we are going to have to figure out the dynamic for space for the entire ministry. Yeah. This is kind of, I mean, truthfully, it's a little bit of a Band-Aid. Yeah. It's a yeah. little bit of a, hey, can we at least go ahead and give them some larger life group rooms right. going into the spring semester? Yeah. And um, so we're going to be doing that, I guess, during the month of December yeah. and yeah. January and yeah. kind of getting those rooms, not necessarily constructed as much as we're going to outfit them. There's right. just some different right. purchases we need to make and things like that. And, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I've learned working with students over the last, you know, six months or so, <laughs> I mean, the, the age at which these students students are asking questions. It's getting younger and younger and younger and younger. And so having that space, especially for the fourth and fifth graders, as big as those groups are, yeah. having the space where they can ask those questions like what you're talking about and kind of uh, have the freedom to really you know, talk to their leaders and, and, and grow. I'm telling you, man, the issues that they're facing, it's happening younger and younger and younger. Yeah, every I mean, it's year. almost, I mean, that's almost its own ministry. It's not quite middle school yet, right. but like, I mean, but it's different than it, a kindergarten, right? Yeah, yeah like they're absolutely. not like fifth grade. You know, fourth to fifth grade. That's a big jump, right there. That's that absolutely is yeah. So, yeah, very different. Absolutely. So we're going to try to meet them where they're at. And th- what's interesting about um, just the dynamics of the numbers right now is that fifth grade class is our largest class. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of them, yep. and so they will obviously be going into the student ministry next fall. Correct. But a lot of times what happens with fifth graders, and again, I've been doing this for way too long, so I've just seen this over and over and over, is that last kind of semester of children's ministry, they start checking out. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, they're kind of tired of the children's ministry. They want something new. They're they're older. They're cool. They're cool now. They're cool now. And we we don't want there to be a dip. We want to engage them before the dip happens. So if we can get them into some better life group environments, we feel like that'll be a nice on-ramp right into the student ministry so they don't yeah. miss a beat. That's right. Because yeah. that transition from fifth grade to sixth grade, unfortunately, is when a lot of families stop attending church. Yeah. That's because exactly they're, right. they're 
student doesn't transition well into the student ministry. Right. We're super intentional about that. So, um, again, since we're talking about it, um, every spring we do a fifth grade pool party yep. yeah. where we bring all the fifth graders and their parents to somebody's pool. Yep. And we have the student pastor and we have kids minister and I'm there and mm-hmm. we sit around and we talk about these things with parents. We talk about them yeah. with the kids so that we can help them understand how to best make that transition. Right. Yeah. And um, that's gone really well the last couple of years. And we'll be doing that again this spring as yeah, well. Yeah. And even yeah. more than that, Morgan and I have already been talking about some other ways to help make that transition easier. You know, having the student pastor come down some, you know, and, and talk to those uh, fifth graders, having some of the right. leaders come down there, like you said, to make mm-hmm. that transition. Because, man, jumping from uh, fifth grade into it's student huge. ministry, yeah, oh, my a, goodness, that can be very intimidating. Jump, so, yeah, we're, it's exciting. Yeah. Good. So uh, third initiative, facility improvements, um, upgrades with technology. I mean, truthfully, this isn't the one that, like, excites me the most. <laughs> Because Meanwhile, Matt's over here, like doing a doing because a car I don't wheel, understand it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can talk about fourth and fifth grade life groups and all that, right. but but it's like I, I said in the message. Why? Yeah. Right. Yeah. God's opening up some opportunities for yeah. us beyond the River Region. Um, I mentioned in the message that we are now the worship service for a house church on another continent that's not named North America or in Antarctica. Right. Yeah. So um, that's remarkable. Um, and then, as as the Lord loves to do in His own sovereignty, uh, I walk into my office um, after all the services, and um, anytime I get mail, it kind of gets left like right outside my office. And so there's a card there, and I, I guess it got delivered on Friday. Okay, um, I wasn't up here, and so I open it. And I go into my office, and it's from somebody who they live in Prattville, and they join us every single week online, and they're just thanking our, thanking me for the impact that the church has had. That's so cool. um, yeah. in their life, and um, they're super connected to this community, that's just where they happen to live for work purposes. Um, And then I got an email last night from someone else who also lives in Prattville, who watches every single week saying, this is my area of expertise. How can I help be a part of this? Oh, wow. So um, we, we, I was a good reminder for me, like, there's a whole online community right mm-hmm. here in the river region yeah. Yeah. that's with us. You know, they, they, Vaughn Forest is their church home, that's so but cool. for whatever reason, you know, they, they can't be on campus as yeah. much as they would like, but they're with us. And so that was kind of cool to see. Yeah. And this whole house church thing and getting to be the worship service for that. I mean, Super that's cool. pretty phenomenal. Well, well and yeah. the individual that told me about that first house church told me there is now another house church in yeah. the same country using our worship service as well. Yeah. So we've doubled and, in that country, just yeah, so you know. And the technology that you use for that is different like than right. what you use in yeah. the room. So yeah. it's an different it's a different approach. Yeah. So and there's also, I mean, just so I mean, we're talking to we're talking family to our mm-hmm. family here. So, yeah. you know, yeah. we'll we'll let you in on some family conversations. We understand that some of the dynamics with our sound system with um yeah. is is not always ideal. Right. We've been messing around with those a little bit. Um, yeah. I actually was told uh, last week that the music is not loud enough. Yeah. That was the first. <laughs> yeah. And so um, it goes back and forth. That's man. because we've been kind of you know yeah we're tweaking that. it. That's yeah. Right. So there might be a few upgrades with some stuff like that that, that yeah. we have to make and um and we'll certainly will do that. Well, that's the funny thing with with sound. It's perception you know everything that we have is grading off of like okay it's too loud for you sure but it's not loud enough for me but there is a happy medium for that and there are different pa systems that that accomplish different things right um you know you have some that are made for spoken word um and then you start running instruments through that sure and it gets a little it, it gets a little weird well yeah and then you know practically speaking we got to talk about the age of that room and the age right. of that system yeah. a little bit we're yeah, run, sl- we've been holding things together with duct tape and hope you know every now and then <laughs> and uh but no i mean the people of on yeah. force has always been great to help provide the resources to make the, yeah. the fixes that we need but that sound system is original to that room i know it's amazing and it, and it does need some upgrades it's yeah. amazing that it's lasted this long i mean that's that's good stewardship right yeah. there and Absolutely. that venue is I mean, I mean, I'll brag. I think it's the nicest venue in East Montgomery and Pike Road. Uh, I, mean, I think so too. Pike yeah. Road High School does their band concerts there. We'll be doing yeah. another one in yeah. December. Yeah, we had the high school graduation there this past spring. Yep. So there's a community component to that room as well. Right. That yeah. when we're able to allow, you know, and and we don't we don't I'm going to say this we don't charge. So, <laughs> That's right. Uh, send your emails to Hardy. <laughs> so, uh, he'll thank me for that later. But That's right. there is that as well. Sure. It helps yeah. us serve the community. So let me yeah. give you the fourth initiative. Speaking of the community. Uh, serve the community of Pike Road in East Montgomery with no strings attached. Um, if you call Vaughn Forest Home, just know that there are a number of ways that we meet needs that we never talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't do it to get publicity. Right. But th- 
whether it's coaches, whether it's administrators, whether it's community leaders, whether it's a number of different things, fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. When there is a need, they know that they can call us. Mm-hmm. Right. And they know that if we can meet that need, we will. Yeah. And when you're a community leader and you know that you have a church that's for you and they're with you, no strings attached, that makes a really big difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so w- our our desire is to be that church. Now, look, we're not the only church. I mean, Patrick Quinn, Century Church, they do a fantastic job. Okay? Right. St. James does a fantastic job. There's other – Taylor Road does a fantastic yep. job. Mm-hmm. This is not about us cornering any kind of market. Okay, This is God's people being God's people yeah. to people who have not yet expressed saving faith in Jesus Christ. That's right. So this is our immediate mission field, East Montgomery, Pike Road. We want to serve with no strings attached, and we want to meet needs. And we want to do it in a way where hopefully walls are broken down, where eventually somebody says – um, what was that church again? That's right. So let me tell you how this works. Okay, how much time do we have left? All right. So all the time we need. Um, yeah. Mattress stores have always baffled me because <laughs> I Wait, think what? that was a uh, shifting conversation, yeah, yeah. but I like it. Really? Like people buy mattresses that frequently, and there's so many of them. And so you know, how often do you really buy a mattress? Well, you're supposed to buy a mattress every seven to ten years. Okay. So do, do you uh, if you haven't done uh, yeah. that, it's it's mattress time. Okay. Uh, well, so what? Is mattress do, time. So. On the whole, statistically, if you live in a community of 200,000, 500,000, a million mm-hmm. people, what percentage of that hits that at any given time? Sure. Okay, now you understand why there's a bunch of mattress stores. Yeah. Okay? So, But why do mattress stores you know, invest in advertising and all these different kind of things when it's not – it's not soap. It's not toothpaste. It's a mattress. <laughs> it's like how often do I need a mattress? Here's why. They know that eventually you'll need a mattress. Uh, right. And when you wake up one morning and you're sore and your back hurts or your, or your leg hurts or your chiropractor or your doctor goes, when's the last time you got a mattress? Or you're listening to a podcast and someone goes, yeah. every seven to ten years. And you're like, what? <laughs> Eventually, you'll need a mattress. Yeah. Right. Part of reaching lost people in a community is understanding the eventually principle. Mm-hmm. So we do all of these things. And people don't flood our doors on Sundays. They don't go, wow, what an amazing right. church that served me. I can't wait to hear that guy preach on a Sunday. <laughs> it doesn't happen that way. Right, 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 right. I mean, I meet all these people in the community with different things that I do with our boys. They know I'm the pastor of On Force. It's not like they meet me and go, I can't wait to hear that guy talk to me for 35 minutes. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, okay? And that's fine. Yeah. I'm just trying to build relationships with people. Because here's what I know. Eventually, something's going to happen in their mm-hmm. life. There's going to be a crisis. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a challenge. There's going to be a problem. There's going to be some tension. There's going to be some stress. It might be in a marriage. It might be with a kid. It might be with finances. It might be with extended family. It might be with career. It could be for a number of reasons. And when that happens, what I want to have those individuals remember is there was a church that served me with no strings attached. I bet they could offer me some hope or some answers or some encouragement. They might join us online. They might listen to this podcast. They might show up on our campus. But eventually... Life brings you a storm. That's and right. when life brings you a storm, if we've been serving and loving people with no strings attached, it gives us a better opportunity to share the gospel with them at a time where they're probably going to be a little more receptive towards yeah, it. Right. So it's the eventually principle. So we do all of these things so that people will meet Jesus. But we also have to understand the seasons of sowing and reaping, that right. we don't do all these things and right away people meet Jesus. Right. You know? And sometimes in a church— if that principle isn't understood, people can begin to wonder, well, why are we doing all this stuff? I'm not seeing, you know, I'm not seeing more people get baptized. And so we will eventually. That's you right. Know, it, that's that comes exactly in time. Right. Yeah. So that, that's a big principle. Thank you for letting me unpack that. And then the fifth initiative um, is to answer the call with Roe v. Wade being overturned. Um, yeah. Talked a lot about that in the message. Talked about that uh, at the end of June when that decision was made. We've, we have valued the sanctity of life for decades. Now we have an opportunity to demonstrate what that looks like. That's exactly right. So we're partnering with a number of organizations here locally in the River Region in Montgomery. Um, we're going to be offering training to become foster families. We're going to talk a lot okay. about adoption. Yeah. We're going to talk about opportunities to support uh, families who are fostering, which is a big need in our community. Right. Um, and Live the Promise is one of the ministries that we That's do right. uh, with that. And um, we're just going to kind of go all in. We think there's going to be a lot of needs in 2023. There are going to be a lot of children that um, they need someone other than the biological parents to step in and be there to provide encouragement, hope, financial support, love, encouragement. 
And I just think the people of God need to lead the way. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think we yeah. need to look to government to figure that out. Right. I right. think we need to be the ones who lead the way and yeah. be the hands and feet in Jesus. And so we're just going to step into that. And you know, I'm connected with a lot of pastors through a lot of different things, and I've just been challenging all of them. Hey, if this wasn't on your long range plan, put it on it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if this wasn't on your radar, God just yeah. put it on look your radar. What God just yeah. did. Yeah. So I'm kind of running that flagpole up and basically saying, look, I mean, if there was ever a time for the church to be the church in a very particular way, we're in it. That's right. This is our for such a time as this moment, and so. Um, I just think that we've we've got to lean into that, and yeah. we're certainly going to do that unapologetically. We're going to do it with grace and with kindness and with love and with mercy and with compassion. Yeah. But um, if not us, who? So uh, right. we're basically yeah. saying, Lord, our yes is on the table, and whatever opportunities you open up for us to do that, we're going to do it. Yeah, yeah and, and I love that this is a part of the Christmas offering because I think a valid criticism at times of the church is that yeah. – we don't lean in uh, past birth. You know, it's one of those, hey, we know you're anti-abortion, which of course we are, but you're not really being pro-life and we want to be pro-life. And I mm-hmm. love that we're getting to do this. I love the different opportunities you talked about there. Yeah. And I love that we're also going to be looking for other opportunities that God, you know, kind of sends our way. Yeah, I think yeah. that's really, really good. Man, this is this is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. A lot, of, a lot of great initiatives. I'm excited um, for that. And just to be clear, I don't agree with that criticism. I think it's a lie from the left. Okay. And I think that one of the things we have to be really um, – loud about is all of these things have always been happening in our community and by Vaughn Force Church. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, I've been here a little over three years, but but this was a value of Vaughn Force before I got here. It's not like I got that, here that's right. exactly, I was yeah. like, yeah. No. Yeah. That's exactly so right. we have always been involved. What I'm saying is we're now going to step into that to a greater degree, gotcha. yeah. a more intentional way, a more proactive way, more <clears throat> financial resources committed towards this, more partnerships sure. than we didn't have before. So um, the, the, the Roe v. And Roe versus Wade being overturned is a wake up call to step into this to a greater degree, yeah. not yeah. to start. I guess. So, yeah. um, just to make sure you know everybody understands, your church has always been a That's part exactly of this. Right. Yeah. That's and exactly um, right. people who say that, and, and, and maybe in some parts of the country, they could make that valid argument. Not here. Not That's here, right. Yeah. Not here. There's a lot of churches here who have been focused on this for decades. And yeah. um, now that, that that this decision has been made, our focus has to shift as far as how we respond. Mm-hmm. Right. Because our focus isn't change the law. Our focus now is be a light, be the hands and feet in Jesus and light of that law being changed. Right. So mm-hmm. that's all I'm saying, just to a greater degree. We're yeah, that's a great in this. point. That's a great point. Yeah, well, we listed all five of these initiatives. They're awesome. So how do our folks get involved? Like, where do they give? And then, you know, how how long can they give? Yeah. You know, when is it cut off for that? So the goal, $200,000. Now between... Between now and the end of January, um, you can give one of two ways. Mm-hmm. You can give online. If you go to our giving page, there will be a in the drop-down menu. If you click it, it will say now is the time. So you click on that and you can give. Um, the other way you can give is the offering envelope that's in your bulletin mm-hmm. every single Sunday has an other box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you just put the amount in that other box and put – if you put it in the other box – it's going to go to now is the time. Right. If you want to write now is the time beside that, you yeah. certainly can. So those would be the two ways to designate that gift to go to this special offering as opposed to just your regular tithes and offerings. Right. Yeah. Really good. good. Well, I, I'm excited about this. I think yeah. it's going to be uh, a lot of fun to see how God uses this in, in a huge way. Yeah. And uh, it's 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 always one of my favorite times of the year to get to kind of see see how that works. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, gentlemen, I think it's a good place for us to kind of wrap up this conversation. Uh, obviously, we'll be finishing up the series this Sunday morning, uh, 9.30 and 11 a.m. here on campus. If you're traveling for some reason, you can always join us online, VaughnForce.com, YouTube channel, our Facebook page. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun as we wrap up this series. It's been a really good one. I've really yeah. enjoyed it. I've yeah. loved it. I've loved it. I've loved it. <laughs> <laughs> the, kind of bringing back some of the retro worship yeah. songs on the weekends yeah, and all that you, stuff. No, it's great. It's awesome. Well, we appreciate you joining us today. So on behalf of Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, Sound Guy Jonathan, myself, we will see you next time. <laughs>